Hello, welcome back to the Clown Hospital Podcast, a mental health podcast that is not afraid to admit that capitalism is the problem. It's me, your host, Sadie, as always. And here with me is another new friend, Bill. Hello, hello, strangers. It's me, Bill. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, my my great friend of many years. Just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right before we were recording, we were just talking about how absolutely hilarious it is that uh it's two strangers talking about sex repulsion (laughs) yeah yes because that is the topic we are talking about today uh the way i framed it uh on the little like notes app document that led to this episode is like the hypersexual to sex repulsed uh pipeline and yeah like i was like i was telling you before the show i was remember like in the early days of the clown hospital, probably before any episodes came out, I mentioned to a friend about wanting to do an episode of this. Like I am like <laughs> infamously sex repulsed and have like wanted to talk about this. And my friend was like, who is going to want to talk to you about that? And I was like, that's a really fair question. But <laughs> it's like, cause I was also like, who would I want to talk to about that? And, and like, even that was like, Hmm, I don't know. And then now <laughs> Here I like am. This person with like a mutual friend from the internet. <laughs> That's Fucking... right. I've just been I've been biding my time. I will say though, I mean, the way you phrased it, the the hypersexual to sex repulse pipeline, that was, I think, what sealed the deal for me to want to talk about it. Cause I feel like I have in the past either seen people talk about one or the other, but to me, the two relate to each other so Absolutely. hard. So I was like, sign me up. Yeah. <laughs> it's my I mean, time to shine. Well, that, that, I mean, that was one was, that was like, you know, I've had conversations with a few friends lately. Like I, I would say there's probably like two people that are coming to mind right now. Um, obviously not going to name them who like seem to have had similar arcs. And I was like, there, there is something here. But I, but like similar to you is like I haven't seen anyone like really talk about it. It's like there's these two separate poles and and the relationship isn't discussed. But like having conversations with friends about this stuff, it's like oh that there is something here. And like when I put that up there, like I did not think like it would have like caught anyone. That sounds that's a weird way to put it. But like uh, it's like I'm fish- this is entrapment. <laughs> Well, it just makes me feel like I'm fishing and I just got you like hooked up. Um, and but to like to see that resonate with a stranger was also like, you know, that was like a kind of cool moment for me of like, oh, like because it's like, oh, the people I've like had the conversation with before are like close friends who's like, like, this is like, you know, this is something that like comes up like talking about someone you're like talking with someone that you're like close with and like comfortable with and to see that like resonate like outside of my social circles is like was cool so fucking I'm excited for you to be here hell yeah me too I mean and also too for me it's something that comes up a lot for me especially as a queer trans person um and to be able to talk about it in this environment this like environment of like queerness, transness, sobriety, right? Mm -hmm. Mental health, addiction, all of that. I mean, I feel like that all 
adds that extra <laughs> that extra flavor to it um yeah so so yeah i mean to me i think that was that was the extra push to be like you know what i don't know if i'll even hear back from you but i might as well just try <laughs> i am fucking open-minded it's like i i love this new trend of talking to people like i haven't met before and just like getting different perspectives and i don't know i think it's great so before we jump into the topic more than we kind of already have, is there anything that you want my audience to know and you want me to know before, like just background or context before we get into the actual topic? Yeah, sure. I'll, I'll introduce myself and and I guess do some of the some of the highlights. Um, I'm Bill. I'm 33 years old. Uh, I'm a trans man. I'm a fag. I hell yeah. am just, hell yeah. I am just about to celebrate my 10 year sober anniversary uh, in late August, amazing. which is, it's insane. It's insane. Um, and uh, yeah, every, every year for the fat, the past five years, I do a little like writing piece or comic book. And now I'm doing a zine about reflecting. And it's funny. I thought that the, I thought that the 10 year anniversary zine would be really positive and it's just like really angry. So, you know, <laughs> so, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I would love so, to see it. Yeah. I'm excited. Time. I'm super excited to share it. Yeah. I think a lot of it is that it's kind of talking about whenever I bring up being sober and especially being sober for this long, people always want to hear about the bad shit. It's like, so you don't care what I've been doing the last 10 years. You only care about like everything that happened before that. So uh, it's sort of, it's, it's kind of coming from that angle. Um, and then, you know, for mental health stuff, I have been wildly uh, misdiagnosed uh, for years now in the sense of like, I've gotten everything from like bipolar two to possible schizophrenia. Now I'm just hanging out with a like, general anxiety diagnosis and, and PTSD. Um, Very so, different from those. Yes, yes, yes. So I've been through the ringer with mental health stuff. Um, I did voluntarily check myself into a psych ward back in 2016. So have that, have that fun little vacation, week-long vacation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> vacation I've been there. Hell. I've been there a few times. Yep. Yep. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think that's sort of, that's sort of the highlights that I can think of right now. Great. Cool. I mean, Hell all right. Yeah. I want to fucking just get into it. Yeah. Um, so my first question here is what is hypersexuality? Why is it a common response to sexual trauma? And what does it look for us person personally or did? So when you post that to me, I just sort of looked up the definition to think, all right, am I actually like, yeah. do I experience this the way that the world experiences it and people fucking diagnose it and whatever? And yeah, I mean, it's the compulsive, obsessive interest in sex. And I would add to that also having sexuality and not just sexuality, but like how often you're engaging in sex and the way that you engage in sex being sort of mm -hmm. this like primary identity or primary like focus, like everything else in your world is sort of revolving around that. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I think for me personally, I don't know. I think that, I think that hypersexuality was sort of like, it's not, all the same. And I think a lot of these yeah. things sort of existed at the same time, but it was, I think, a form of addiction. I think it was definitely a form of self-harm. 
but I think also, yes. yeah, yeah. And then, yeah. and then one of the I things, feel you. yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah. Hypersexuality is a, is a, a form of self-harm and, you know, and we can, we'll talk, we'll get to this later, but even just thinking about that is like me questioning what is my natural state is my natural state more sex repulsed. And so part of the self-harm was like forcing myself to be in these sexual situations but also it relating to sexual trauma, right? As someone who's survived multiple different, you know, short-term and long-term, you know, sexual abuse, sexual, sexually complicated or, or unhealthy situations. It's like, what part of me sort of chasing sexuality is me trying to regain agency? Yeah. Yeah. And I feel what, like that is like the common like line that right. you hear regarding right. sex, hypersexuality uh, post-sexual trauma. Exactly, exactly. And I, and I think I, I saw that a lot with like, you know, before I started exploring, like maybe I don't want to have sex at all or like maybe I do, but I'm not ever getting it on my own terms. And like, once again, mm. we'll talk about that later, but yeah, I just, I, I think that it's like that gray area of even like being in a sexual situation or, or like hearing these sort of like, you know, I love sluts, like slut positivity. Right. And like, and you're like, fuck yeah. But then you're like, Oh, but like, yes, I believe that. And then also for my own self, I want to be slutty. I want to have fun. I think I'm regaining some sense of self and some sense of sexuality, but then that's where the sort of gray area comes in is like, oh, but I actually don't want to do this. Like, I love the ability and the acceptance to go out and fuck a lot. But then I feel like I'm actually forcing myself to do that as a way to make myself feel like I'm okay. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, well, there, there's like sort of like a meme on Twitter now of like, you know, I like, I talk about being a slut online, but I really just like sit in bed all day doing nothing, <laughs> yep. Yep. which is like, <laughs> You know, that that is, like, that is me, like, also, like, low-key. Because, like, I don't even, like, I don't really talk about being a slut online. But, like, you know, <laughs> I, lo- I love the concept of just, like, like, kissing people and holding hands and, like, not necessarily having sex with strangers. Like, that, it's never necessarily been my thing. But, like, of just, like, yeah, like, just talking a big game and then actually just be, because, like, yes. yeah, it's a great idea. And I, I, I love that for people, like. You know, it, there's definitely also this, like, weird, like, being sex repulsed, like, trying, and then also try not to be, like, overly sex negative either. Right. I, like, you know, I, I, I try to approach sex with, like, a healthy cynicism, like, <laughs> uh, and it, it's usually not, like, I'm, it's, a, it's a work in progress, let's be honest, but, like, right. yeah, it's like, yeah, that's a great idea. But I also don't want to see it as like or be a part of it or like engage with it really that much either. And that's like a really weird tightrope to to walk and like to it's like, yeah, like this is such a like like ideally, like that sounds great. And then it's just like, you know, I I keep saying this and you know, the body keeps the fucking score. It's yes. like the, like in my brain, it's like, yeah, that sounds great. And then I like you get in the situation, you're like, whoa, like this. This does not feel good. Right. And it's like such a weird, complicated thing because like, you know, if like this, if like hypersexuality is like a way of like regaining control of your sexuality, like after trauma and like, 
I feel like if you're a trans person, like, I feel like being trans and having sex with people, like, is, like, automatic. <laughs> like, just because, like, you're not fitting the script that was given right. to you and just trying to figure that out and, like, what people are, like, putting on, like, the expectations people are putting, and we'll get into this more later, but the expectations that people are putting on your body not fitting what you want to do, like, that right. alone is, like, traumatic and in its own way like it's not the same as some other forms of sexual trauma for sure but like um but it's like you know this is if hypersexuality is like a way of regaining control like the thing is like obviously masturbation is a thing but like sex also often involves like another person so like you are like and part of it is a giving up of control to some extent right and you know like and that should be like consensual but it's like at some point like like other people have other like needs or wants or whatever and like you have to like navigate that and it, and it could be really hard especially like if you have trauma and like have specific triggers and and like your triggers could be like really common things like certain positions or fucking right. a song playing or whatever like right so it's like really hard to navigate it because it's it's usually gonna be with another person Exactly, exactly. And so I I think that's where I think when I was younger and I thought, you know, because I I didn't, so I'm 33 now. I came out when I was 30. I came out as trans when I was 30 and really didn't have, I don't, it's like I had an inkling, but it wasn't like, oh, I think I'm trans. It's just, I didn't even have that language for myself. So I was just like, yeah. So I was like, I think I'm just really bad at being a woman and my life is going to suck forever. Right. And I was just like, well, that sucks. All right. I'm going to just like put my head down and keep going, you know? Um, and so, yeah, I just, I, I think that that, that was a big confusing struggle for me, but there was this weird sense of safety of like even if I'm not getting pleasure during sex I kind of vaguely know what I'm supposed to do right because so I'm you know like I said 100% faggot which we will get into there's like all this complicated stuff of like that since I came out right but so before I came out you know up until I was 30 I was dating and having sex mostly with cis men And there is sort of this, like, whether you like it or not, whether it suits your needs or not, there is kind of a script for like cis straight sex. And Mm -hmm. so there was comfort and sort of like, maybe comfort and confidence of like, I can show up to this. I sort of vaguely know what I'm going to expect. I know how to play up certain things to get a certain kind of outcome, whether it's being like, flirty or sexy or you know whatever like (laughs) all those things right just like very weird like gender drag um and now being trans and feeling like I have to front load a lot of conversations and as hard Mm -hmm. as people have tried to say like you know talking about what you want is sexy it's like it takes two people to get there you know because I've also like you know, it's like, I <laughs> talk about sex repulse. I still actually try and put myself in situations to like test it out. And I'm like, yep, still, <laughs> still repulsed. And now I feel bad because now I like have this person I have to like let down easy. Right. But so recently, yeah. I think in the last like month, I like had a threesome and was sent like 
a uh, Excel spreadsheet and like went through it. And it was this sort of like, okay, well, if I'm having sex with a couple and they want to know what's my like, what's my absolute yeses and my absolute noes. And I was like, this is like, they found it incredibly erotic. And I was just like, you know, we weren't even filling these up next to each other. It was just like, and I was like getting these sort of like sexy texts. And I was like, this is, you know, we're all trans people. And I get that there's like kink stuff involved and consent involved. And there's, you know, wanting to honor each other as like trans people with different like physical needs and sexual needs, right? But I was like, this makes me so just, I don't know, just like weird, icky feelings. And it was like any kind of weird sense of, I don't know, excitement and sexuality felt like drained of the situation. Yeah, well, because it's like, it's like asking personal questions in like the most impersonal way you could do it. Right. And that's like so uncomfortable. And I think too, for me, it's like, trust is a big issue. And I think trust or the lack of trust plays a huge part in my sex repulsion. Right. And so it's like, you're asking me all these really personal questions when I really haven't spent that much time with you. And then all I'm going to be doing personally is we're going to have sex or hook up or like whatever happens during this time. And I'm going to be having that checklist of, are you remembering the Excel spreadsheet that I filled out to you? Right. (laughs) Where I'm like, you know, I'm like, are you following this? Or did you just do this as a sort of motion to go through, but actually you're not actually going to pay attention to this. And lo and behold, it was like nothing that was like a full breach of my trust or, or comfort. But I was like, I was like, okay, I really don't want you to like gnaw on my leg. Like I really am not into biting. And I'm just like, I just feel like a cooked turkey right now. And I'm just like, not very, (laughs) I'm just like so distracted by this and and like know for a fact that you didn't read this, the spreadsheet that like sent me into a spiral. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, I am so stuck on the spreadsheet. It's like, so (laughs) it's so weird. Like, cause I feel like if someone sent me a sex spreadsheet, I just would be like, all right. Like, I don't, I, I try not to ghost people, but like, like I like, because there's also like a, like a, like I've seen like versions of this, like throughout the years. Um, like, you know, I saw like maybe on Instagram or Twitter, like a, a like worksheet for people to fill out of like you like circle like what your like intended like relationship with the person is and like what you want out of the relationship and like sex being one of the things you circle. I was like if someone filled out a worksheet for me and circled sex I would never (laughs) talk to them again because it's just like like I said before it's just like you know this is a personal thing and like you're you're treating it like it's fucking homework and it's like very strange and like like you're talking about like oh like were you remembering what i like what i even said on the spreadsheet is like you know one is like yeah like you could have a conversation beforehand and i think that makes it more memorable like because there's like this like personal connection actual conversation and not just like this like blank or like this filled out worksheet, like that just feels like really hard to remember. Like I would be like studying it the night before. Right. And like that, that is like deeply unsexy and uncomfortable and right. it just makes it feel like homework. And like, it's not ho- like, I don't think it's homework, but it is a conversation. 
and like also like I think of like sex like as an active conversation exactly and it's, and it's like oh we had we had that conversation already and we but we didn't we just fell out a fucking worksheet and it's like you know like just ask me before you do a thing like in the moment right and then I get to say yes or no I don't have to like be anxious about whether or not you remembered it or like you know to talk about like this like um like all right like I'm gonna test the waters it's like so like so you might even like be like oh like that sounds like I might be into it but I don't know right. like you can maybe like be a little over optimistic on the worksheet and then when it happens in reality it's like it, it could feel different and like so why not just like talk about it in reality it's like it's it just feels like a wee way of like avoiding an uncomfortable conversation but the uncomfortable conversation like can make things so much more comfortable exactly I mean and it's it's funny because you know I talk to people a lot about like micro consent of like you can have this kind of sexy conversation of like you know it's sort of pillow talk but it is like the intention is like let's talk about what you want or let's like feel it like literally feel it out and but the funny yes. thing is that like you know getting in a situation like that I'd have to be like no you have to <laughs> you have to go now like and not in a mean way I'm not like oh I feel uncomfortable it was like well most of the things that you're gonna want or you're asking me I'm like actually I'd rather just like you know get like a second late dinner at a diner somewhere and then just like oh, have you go home you know what I mean that like, sounds great so it's like that's the funny thing too is even like even me like I said where it's like constantly trying to test out like does it still repulse me oh yeah sure thing it does <laughs> is that like and especially with that like I do love a list like I could just fucking take BuzzFeed quizzes all goddamn day so I was like <laughs> I was like oh I love checking a box like ooh, do I like this all the time or none of the time but then I'm like but this is the wrong flavor of, of like <laughs> yeah it's, check, right <laughs> it's very strange uh fuck what was a there's a few thoughts that were floating around my head regarding what you're saying oh well, one is like, I just remember, like, I've had multiple partners make fun of me for this, like, uh, classic sadism from <laughs> earlier, like, in the, from the 2010s of, like, dirty talking, and then being like, if you want me to. <laughs> <laughs> and they're just like, that is, like, the least sexy thing you can do. And I'm like, consent's important to me. Yes, <laughs> like, yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> I like, love that. I stand by that. Like, yes. Because I think you asking, like you making sure that I want that, like is is sexy to me. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think in it's like, and also too, you know, like nothing's a sure thing is like as much as I talk a big game about like micro consent and like all of that, because it also allows you to say, like, actually, you know, we're trying this thing and I'm not into it anymore. Is there's a lot of fucking pressure. Is if like yeah. So it's like, yeah, I want to be, I want you to check in, but then also it's weird if someone's like, oh, do you like this? And you're like, you know, I actually don't like, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Or like the pressure, like, cause as a, as a fucking people pleaser, I'm like, yes. well, I, it's like, you know, when you're in a stalemate where it's like, well, I don't like this, but you like this. So I want to do this for you, but you're doing it for me. And like, you know, it comes back to that idea of like trust and also too, like that idea of like sexual trauma of like, hey, I feel like in order to have a relationship with somebody, it's going to have to be a sexual one. 
And then, and like, you know, this is not true. This is just like how I feel, yeah. right? But it's yes. like, okay, yes. so I've like convinced myself it has to, and especially as a fucking gay person and especially as a trans person, right? Where you're like, okay, it's gotta be like, you know, sex, a sex forward uh, relationship where, and then like, and I wanna make you feel satisfied because if I, if you were the kind of person that had sex with somebody and didn't care how they felt, you'd be a monster. But then also like, I mean, it's just, you get stuck in that trap, right. Of, of how to, I don't know how, how to like be comfortable with someone enough to explore it. But then more often than not, it's either like a very inconsistent, um, answer right like it's not like oh yeah. once a week i want to have sex i'm like i yeah. Well, yeah. don't like it, know right it happens like when it happens right. like um yeah like i like throughout those conversations i'm thinking i'm like yeah like being like my partner must be like kind of confusing because it's like you know i definitely like there are times like i initiate and then i'm like no actually i don't want to do this right and because it's like because not only can I not plan it out like on a week to week basis, it's like that it can change in a moment, just depending on right. so many factors. And like not, and it's like not, I'm not always like consciously aware of like why like my body starts reacting the way it does. Right. And because, yeah, because it's, it must be confusing to be my partner because it's confusing to be me, <laughs> especially <laughs> in like in regard to being like, like, having this like weird relationship to sex and like you know we're talking about like sex repulsed and like sex like hypersexuality and it's like interesting because it's like I I lean more towards sex repulse most of the time but like there are moments where like I don't necessarily don't think I don't necessarily think I'm ever on the the hypersexual pole any anymore these days mm-hmm. um but like I, I am not like completely cut off from that either. I am like ninety five percent cut off, but like you know there are exceptions, and you know it, it's just, and like I can't even like predict that for myself. And it's like really confusing. Like you know, you like you mentioned like being in a threesome, and I was like, like something that comes to my mind is like I've had like a lot of threesomes for someone's <laughs> sex repulse. <laughs> I was just thinking about this this because I watch I just I recently I just watched last night I watched the movie and I did not like it. Um Want You Back with uh Charlie Day and the loud annoying lady from Parks and Rec. Um <laughs> I have not seen that one. Don't watch it. There's a lot of <laughs> weird jokes, like sexual jokes about adults and children that I did not oh, that really no. threw me off the movie. But like there is like this like threesome scene where like two of the people do not want to like do not want to have a threesome. And that that made me think of I remember having a somewhat spontaneous threesome uh like years and years and years ago and the next day the three of us and and a fourth person were watching oh fuck what is that show but like the the fake lesbians on mtv but one of them's a real lesbian oh my god i also do not know this but that sounds wild i it i i really i really it really I liked it at first and I really like, I don't know, was no longer interested at, at a point. Like it like jumped the shark or whatever for me. Fuck, why can't I think of what that was called? But 
um, like there was a threesome episode that we were watching the day after we had a threesome, and the and the person who wasn't in the threesome, threesome was like, "Have any of you ever been in a threesome?" <laughs> and we're just like, and it, it, sweat like, just pouring down your forehead. Yes, we're just like. Yeah, like in fucking airplane. Have you ever seen yep, airplane? Yep, when yeah, trying yeah, to like yeah, land yeah. the plane and just dripping sweat. Yes. Like that's what we all were just like. Hmm. Uh, I I just was like, I just was like not like that. <laughs> just like the like the like I was just like I don't like I don't want to like acknowledge, but because it was like, yeah, I don't know. Uh, like we, we, none of us wanted to talk about it with this God, person. That's so funny. Also, too, it's like which one of us is gonna break? Like which one of us yeah. is like not gonna be on the same page and be like, oh yeah? <laughs> it's just like just dead silence. Yeah, I like mean, uh, I, wait, did you hear us last night? <laughs> <laughs> it's just a setup. Yeah, I mean, I will say though, like that fucking threesome I had, I was like, in a way, I was like, this is the perfect thing to do if you don't want to have sex because you're like no one's at least the one that I recently had I was like it feels more like and I do not I personally do not use this term but it feels very like cuddle puddle it feels very like theater high school theater horny kids like at a after party you know what I mean where it's like a lot of heavy petting but I mean I guess depending on like if you have a bunch of people pleasers or not but it's like nothing actually really got quote unquote done. It was just sort of mm. a lot of like, I don't know, we're like sort of in a lot of different stages of undress. And like, I, like I said, getting not on like a fucking turkey leg at medieval times. And then, you know what <laughs> I mean? Like, it's like, okay, this is like, I can see if it's people who have like established this as a, I don't know, as like a, a situation that they're going to do with the same people. Like, I'm sure there's a lot more fucking, but I was like, this is a great way to like, pretend like you're sexual but really like go home having like mostly accomplished no sexual interaction <laughs> yeah I mean I mean you're talking like you know it, it, it can be hard to be in this position of like maybe like putting like trying to push your boundaries a little bit and and then be like oh nope and like and like you know sometimes it can feel like immense pressure to not because like oh well, I initiated this and like now the other person's gonna be disappointed like with a threesome you could fuck off <laughs> yep and like they could still have a good time yep yep and like like that pressure is like is often different like you know the last uh one of those that i had like there was a point where i was done i like went to the other side of the hotel room and mm. like played my switch and they did what <laughs> they're doing like, hell yeah <laughs> And like that was great. I was like, yeah, I was like, I am done. I get to be done. They can still do their thing. It's mm-hmm. fine. And there's like no pressure on me to continue being involved. And like, the, you know, they both know my relationship to sex. So it's like, um, yeah, like that that pressure being off. Like that that was great that yeah. I could just be like, cool. I got what I wanted out of that. And now they can do the rest. Totally. Totally. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm looking, I, be, me being the anxious person I, I am, I have everything that uh, we have in the, the Google sheet uh, printed out with, with bullet points. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, and, uh, you know, I'm looking at none of them, but, you know, I didn't know if there's anything you wanted to talk about. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, we can keep talking well, about. I'm about ready to 
to switch. Is that like I feel pretty hypersexualized. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we we got a good got a good grasp on that. Cool portion. Cool. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Cool. So next is what is sex repulsion? Why is it a common response to sexual trauma? And what did or does it look like for us personally? So the same as before, but this time with being repulsed. Sure. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, that is, you know, for me, it's like the fear of sex being disgusted with sex, yes. right? Mm-hmm. And I, I yes. think, I think to me, it's not the same. So this doesn't show up all the time, but sometimes that means like, sex with other people and sometimes that means like sex with myself as well Mm. um so that's not always present but that is a part of it um and you know i do also think that part of sexual repulsion can also be self-harm as a way like self-harm in response to sexual trauma as a way of sort of being like you're not allowed to have sex with people like you're too messy or you're too broken. Um, so that is definitely a, a part of it. Um, but I think also it can be shame. Um, and, and that's a fucking vague topic, right? Cause it can be yeah. shame of what you want. It can be shame of what you don't want. It can be shame of your history, right? Like, so there's a lot of reasons that that can kind of fit into like the sex repulsion thing. Um, uh, you know, something that I mentioned to you, uh, I think maybe just in writing, but like, I also have a lot of pain related to sex. I have, yeah. um, I'm just starting to learn about this. So I guess it's like, uh, pelvic floor hypertension. So, um, I always knew the, the little I knew about pelvic floor health was that like, it can be too loose. So you can like, you know, like have incontinence right but i have only recently learned that this is a thing and the more and more i talk to people about this and finding out there's a lot of people that have this so it's just this like intense fucking pain it's like stabbing pains it's sort of like a combination of like menstrual pain and like the worst food poisoning indigestion you've ever had but it's like it it happens when i'm anxious but it also happens if i'm like aroused so like if i'm having sex with someone or I'm masturbating and I'm like not even getting close to having an orgasm, but I will, depending on like my stress level outside of this situation or just like other things that are going on or who fucking knows, like I haven't figured out why sometimes it just happens, but like I will get this incredible amount of pain. And so it sucks if I'm having sex with someone and I just end up being like doubled over. Right. And so, and I don't know how much of that is connected to like, you know what you're saying, like the body keeps the motherfucking score, right? Yeah. Like how much of that is related to my sexual trauma, how much of that is related to me being stressed out and having been disconnected from my body for so many fucking years, whether it was like, because I, you know, didn't realize that I was trans or it was just like a lack of self-confidence in general that's kind of related to nothing and everything. And so I think that for me personally, it's a combination of like shame and fear and anxiety around like performance, 
around boundary setting. And then it's also, I feel like it is so connected. It's like, if you get sick to your stomach after you have sex with people your whole life, you're not going to want to have sex. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's like just classic, like conditioning. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So it's it's like like, Pavlov's bell, but he's making the sex hurt. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, I mean, I think that's sort of the, you know, the, the elevator pitch of why I don't have sex or don't seek it out anymore. Right. Or that it's, it still feels like complicated and gross to me. Yeah. Like it, like, you know, for me personally, like, um, I can feel like so repulsed sometimes that like, uh, that like, I, like, I, like, you know, depending on like the state of mind I'm in, like I, I, it's not unheard of for me to get triggered by watching like consensual sex scenes in movies, mm-hmm. which is like, I, you know, talk about like trying to navigate that, like trying to be like, you know, I am sex repulsed. Like that, that's something I can't necessarily like. Is that I can work on? It's it's not a switch. I a switch I can flip, and it's just like, how do I like not be like sex negative it's like yeah like sex should be in movies like I, right. I don't i don't think it shouldn't be but like i get really uncomfortable with it i get uncomfortable like even just like conversations especially like like you know like this is fine because i like can mentally prepare for this i knew it was happening right. it was like scheduled time but it's like you know it's something that like people just like bring up sometimes and i'm just like thrown off and uh it's interesting because I, I feel like you know we have different experiences of like sex repulsion another thing for me is like I just you know from personal experiences and like from second year experiences like I just have like a hyper like awareness like hyper vigilance even of like how like sex and like desire for sex like can really like alter people's like priorities and 100 percent yes yes and it, it, it and it's fucking scary yes like i don't want to be in a position you know like you know you talk about like like and you were talking about like the people pleasing and then it's like it might not even be safe for me to like back out yes and like i like you know, have limited experience with that, but like, like I am very like I've I've heard just so many horror stories and like it's it's like really scary. Yes. And like, and I also had like you know have this like in a broader way of like you know being poly and then like being the sex repulsed partner and then being like oh well the other partner isn't and then like so I'm gonna get deprioritized and that has like right shown up in ways and like again it's just like people's like priorities like shift over this thing that i have like intense discomfort around Mm -hmm. and like so like it coming up at all feels like such a red flag and like you know the classic also thing of like you know like like the nice guy or the friend zone or whatever like if i put enough kindness coins into this person like they'll like output sex and like right and then especially like being a trans woman it's like kind of like being like a fetish object Mm -hmm. like it can be really because it's like I don't know what people's intentions are with me and then when that comes up in like 
And when I'm not expecting it, it, I, it just sets up all the red flags, sets off all the red flags for me because I feel like, oh, this person just wants me for like the part of my body that I don't even want to have. Right. And then right. like, it's really tough. And then I also just have this, like, this is kind of jumping backwards a little bit, but like the thought of, of like, it must be like someone also said it was like that I'm really confusing because like, I never like I am like uncomfortable with like conversations about sex and comfortable being uncomfortable being around it, but like my sense of humor is just so fucking dirty. <laughs> right. And like and like the way I explained that was was literally the topic was the hypersexual to sex repulse pipeline is like, you know, as like a teen into adult years, like my sense of he- like, you know, like you were saying before of like like in hypersexuality, it's almost like sex is personality. Right. And and that so like that shows itself not just in the bedroom, but just like in everyday conversation. Like, what are you right. willing to talk about? What what is your mind on? Uh what what jokes are you making? And it's like, it's really funny. It's like, you know, like I'll make jokes that if someone else made them, I would be uncomfortable. I hear that. I totally hear that. Yeah, yeah. I feel <laughs> and the then same people way. are like that people are like that's hilarious but like if i said that you would be like ew yep yeah and like i just like yes i know it doesn't make sense it doesn't make sense to me either totally well it's sort of like looney tunes dirty humor where you're like i'm not trying to like yeah i'm not trying to use this as like a sexual innuendo to be like wink wink just in case you're interested or like hey just like flexing that i'm like ready to fuck 24 seven you're sort of like sex right (laughs) (laughs) you're like like let's let's stare into the void and laugh at this horrifying thing that somehow makes the world turn and like is the reason wars are started and we have fucking family right it's like it's like let's fucking make like a joke about this it's yeah it's like looney tune sexuality it's like the the like wretched excess of of like the body and desire and and, like and and i think it's also there's to me personally i think there's something almost satirical about like adults making fucking sex jokes especially (laughs) if they're sex repulsed where you're just like this is the most like this is the most like like the strongest indictment i could make (laughs) like against like all of this and and i think for me too uh and like you know to go off on the on the like fucking jokes and stuff like i have made art for the last so I'm something I didn't mention before is like I'm a full-time artist so I've oh, been shit. So I've been so that that's, rules yeah it's it's also the worst thing I've ever done I've yeah. never am not working <laughs> yes before before we recorded you were talking about like being like like things are good but like overwhelmingly busy and that makes sense now that I yes. know what you do Yes, yes, yeah. Like someone was like, "What do you do on your days off?" And I was like, "What do you like?" And not in a, and it's not like a fucking flex either. I'm not like, "Oh, I'm working all the time." I'm like, yeah. "Please, God, help me." <laughs> Grinds. Yeah, it's not like your grind set. It's just like, you right? Just, it's it's just like yeah. Totally, totally, and it's Difficult like actually to get paid. <laughs> right, and right, and I'm actually like, I'm I'm working to get. At, I mean, a lot of the reasons, you know, the the side note is like a lot of the reasons that I started doing freelancing and and I mean I do a lot of like fine art commissions and stuff so that's what I do full time Mm -hmm. but it was because 
it was so painful to be a trans person at the very beginning of the transition that I wanted to be in, in public facing jobs. So I was like, fuck it. I'll just like do freelance for like six months. And here I am like a couple of years later. Um, So I'm like, actually one of the reasons why I'm busy is I'm about to start like welding classes so that I can be a fucking welder. So I can just have someone point at me, points to me somewhere and be like, fuse those two things of metal together and be like aye aye like get out of here like I don't have to do shit with my brain so that I can be creative and have fun on my free time but yeah that was like me going from social work to dog walking right totally where you're like I am about to lose my goddamn mind and be burnt out beyond like like repair like it's like I'm going in I'm I'm seeing on the (laughs) horizon being burnt out beyond repair right where it's like I see very on the very like close horizon of like this is the point of no return if I don't stop doing this full time like I will go fucking nuts um but like a lot of my art is like big dicks right (laughs) and it's like and like I like I watch a lot of vintage porn and like you know people joke about like oh, i watch porn for the story but i'm like i'm literally capturing all of the like stilted conversation and dialogue and then like i'm doing a lot of it is for me it's sort of exploring what being gay and trans means when you're like not a part of the historical conversation you know what i mean mm-hmm. so it's like i'm fascinated by that but a lot of people think they like conflate that with me just being like 24 7 horny and i'm like no no i'm dead inside when i'm watching this porn like don't worry about it guys (laughs) (laughs) and then all healthy nothing to see here nothing (laughs) just like eating my instant ramen and like you know like scrubbing through like 1970s like cowboy porn you know what i mean (laughs) um but like and, and i will say i like it's interesting to this sexual repulsion as a trans man is really complicated for me because you know like what you were saying where people are you like okay someone's coming at me are they like what do they want like not even like front forward like not even having the like sexuality or like sexual interest being like a stated explicit thing but it's just like okay there's this person being nice to me like how guarded do I have to be? Like, is this like yeah. coming from a place of like fetishism or do you think that I'm... Yeah, like, why are you nice? <laughs> like, people, right. sometimes when people are nice to me, it's a red flag. It's like, you're just nice to me because you want you want right. the sex coins. Totally, totally. And so, yeah. And I, I think like, I think about that where when I came out and I got on tea, there's all this it's like I call it a myth because this isn't my experience but like it's the myth of being like insatiably horny and being basically like a 14 year old boy yeah I think the myth there is that it's not universe is the universality of it right right because I definitely know people who have that experience totally exactly so yeah it's like it's it's like yes that's a thing but it's like I was always only told that was the only option to the point where when I got on T, and that was back in 2019, um, I completely lost all sexual feelings. Like, did not get horny, did not desire to be close to anybody, not even in a romantic way. Like, I, I have friends, and I love my friends, and I get so much from my friendships, but, like, yeah. I just, and I was, like, I was 
like before I got into tea, I was actually like my sexuality and my arousal was like problematic to me where I was like, I'm feel like I'm walking around horny all the time. And it's like, I don't consent to it. And like, I yeah. feel helpless to it. Like it feels like I'm fucking possessed. Right. So I was like yeah. afraid to get on tea. So I was like microdosing with like the topical gel stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh, thank God. Like, I don't think about it. Like I don't think about sex at all, but I had doctors being like, we need to take you off of this. Like we need to put you on like heavy duty antidepressants because like it's unnatural for someone on testosterone to like not be sexually interested in people. And then, so I really had to fight that. I had to fight for my right to stay on tea and like not get heavily medicated. And then, yeah, it was just like, so that was really fucking weird. And then I feel like it opened up this weird era of people just being like, oh, well, you just want to fuck all the time. And I felt more objectified than I had ever felt in my life, where I was like- The trans experience. Totally, yeah. And it's like, to me, the thing that was really hard was that I would say 95% of those people were also trans people. And that was really, really devastating for me. And it's like, I think there's a desire to be connected with other trans people. And I think there's like an element of, okay, well, this is going to be safe and this is going to be okay. And we like, I don't know, but it it was just really hard where it was like really being like people coming in hot, people like strangers hitting me up on social media and like saying really weird, creepy shit to me or like, and, and it was just really hard because I don't have a really big like in-person trans community. And so that, com- that combined with the like people pleasing, I was like, well, I guess I'll do this. And I just had a lot of really like uncomfortable situations happen. So I think that was also yeah. part of it was like wanting to connect with other people and feeling like, uh, the only way I was allowed to connect with people now that I'm this like out as this like trans bag, right. Is like, oh, well, all trans people do is, is fuck. Like we're not friends. We're just waiting until a chance that we can fuck. And then we're just going to ambiguously be in community together. And it sucks because like, I don't actually think that's what the trans experience is or has to be. It's no. just like, I think that it's a script that's been beat into us for so long that we can follow it even when we think we have like rejected it, I guess. I mean, I don't know. What do you think? Yeah. Like this is this is also yeah. my like very personal experience, right? Yeah, well, so like this is funny because like I feel like I keep referencing Twitter, but like there is a tweet recently that seemed like somewhat controversial of that I like um, resonated with was like it is like you know it was by I think it was a trans woman saying this like it it's like hard being a trans woman being like friends with trans women and, and knowing that like every trans woman woman that I've ever been friends with before eventually just wanted to have sex with me yeah and like I think yeah there is like you know as trans like a woman like trans woman like there is like this expectation of not only hypersexuality but like you know, predat- like being predatory. Right, right. And like that is a really hard thing then to navigate. And then also like I was thinking about what I was saying, what we were saying before about like, 
you know, hypersexuality as like taking control of like the narrative or like attempts to take control of the narrative and like, you know, my like, this is the body I was born with. I told that I, I was told I have to use it this way and that it means this X, Y, and Z thing for me socially and like how I, like what my role is in society and all this stuff. And I'm rejecting that. And now like, I'm trying to figure out what that means to me. And like, it makes sense that like the people that it would be most comfortable to explore that with is other trans people. Right. But I think there definitely is like an overcorrection. Right. Um, and like, just like, yeah, like I saw like that tweet and someone one reply to it was like, oh, we're just so horny. And I did that just like threw up all my red flag, like not someone I know. Right. But like I was just like ah that's like so scary to me because yeah. it's, it's, I'm just like yeah like this is just like the culture and this is just who we are and it's like right. no actually there's a lot of us and there's a lot of trans women sexual trauma and also like the expectations for trans women hormonally are like is the opposite of what you just described right right so it actually is like really confusing because <laughs> uh, like my react like my like. Like I, when I was doing the planning document, I was not thinking about hormones, but like hormones, like hugely changed my relationship to sex. Right. Uh, like oddly enough, similarly to you, because um, mm-hmm. yeah, like that, that is a surprising reaction. Yeah. And for me, it just like, you know, I went like vaguely hypersexual and then just like, wasn't horny all the time or like was like a lot less and then like as that was like less of my experience I got like less comfortable with it kind of like what you were saying mm-hmm. like like of like why you were like afraid of being auntie because I I just like yeah like like feeling that way when you're not used to feeling that way and then also with this context of like being assumed to be like a pedophile just for being trans right right like it's like, oh, this actually makes me feel like a fucking monster. Yes. And also with all this trauma of like, oh, like this idea, like in my own head of sex turns people into monsters. Right. And like, yeah, and it's really hard to like navigate like your fucking community yes. when they want to be the fucking community and you just want community. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. And and I think too with, you know, like gender and hormones and stuff, like when I came out, so I was very, very femme. I had like very, I was very curvy, had like really big tits, uh, was like, you know, wore like full face makeup and stuff like that. And for me, uh, like part of what I, I mean, that was fun for me because it did feel like I'm like, I'm a clown every day. I was like, this is fun. I get to be in like, and you know, it's like, it is fun to dress up. Right. But also part of it was like, I did have such a curvy body and I did have such a big chest that I was like, it will be, make me more dysphoric to try and like bind and try to get really masculine. And I was like, also, I'm just like, not there yet. Like, I don't want to do that. So why would I force myself to like follow this script? Right. Um, but like had never even tried to go like stealth. I had never been like butch. Like when I was younger, I shaved my head, but it, you know, that was when I was like 12. Right. Mm-hmm. And so when I came out, I just had a lot of people in the, you know, like a lot of cis straight people, a lot of traumatized cis women, understandably, but just be like, 
you have to fucking check your male privilege and like you have to fucking like you have to make up for all the shit that like cis men have done and like now that you're going to be a part of the boys club like you we know that they're not accountable so like you have to be the one and I'm like like looking around I'm like okay sure yeah but like like men aren't the only people that perpetuate like toxic masculinity first Mm -hmm. of all and like secondly like it's going to be a long road for me and it's like you're also assuming that I want to go stealth and I want to be like red as a cis guy and you assume that like the boys club means that I'm going to be welcome and like there's all the stuff that you're forcing onto me and then also I truly have rarely met another trans man I've met a lot of like trans mask people mostly a lot of people are like mask of center but like very very like like very non-binary right like very Mm -hmm. like everything and nothing and and yeah like which I'm like fuck yes but I have talked to a lot of people that are like it's a complicated thing where it's like okay I know you're not a man but you're aggressively telling me like oh no like I am I just want to let you know I'm not a man and so it's like also getting so it's like not only from like the cis world uh of like don't turn into a fucking dickhead and then like the trans world being like I feel like there's still a lot of fear around being like red as a man because we we equate every single traumatic experience to like cis men and like specifically their sexuality um that yeah. like I have really s- struggled with that and I feel like I've stifled any sense of self-exploration since I came out because I felt so much pressure and so much shame right where it's like yeah. even though I'm like I am who I am and I am happy with that there's still sneaks in that idea that narrative of like and I'm a trash person or like and I think there was a lot of fear when I was going on to you where I was like, oh, all I've heard is that you turn into like a monster. And like all you hear you, every single, you know, like day of your life is that like boys will be boys and boys will yeah. be trash. And all of that is linked to uh, all of that is linked to like testosterone and it's going to make you evil and stuff like that. So I think that's also a part of this like complicated experience of like being sexually repulsed is like being objectified by other people, having people want to work out their daddy issues and wanting people to have sexuality with a masculine person, but being treated like I'm like a man light, right? Like Mm -hmm. I'm like the Bud Light of fucking people. You know what I mean? (laughs) I'm like, it's like, you want to party, but not too hard. Right. Um, And like, so it's like being chased after by people who are actually making me more dysphoric um but then also being like but don't fuck up and like don't do the wrong thing and it like has not left me any room to be like well here is how I would want to explore things or here's what I do or don't feel like um experiencing things and I think it has left no room for me to be a survival survivor of sexual assault and a, a survivor of sexual trauma and be like you know or even like yeah just to like kind of look at that and and also too to be like also recovering addicts where like what you know it's like what you were saying even earlier that idea of like desire and sexuality can kind of make you lose yourself is like there's also that fear too where I'm like I like you know being sober for this long 
I have played with my um, experience of like, what does control look like for me? Where do I need to have control? And there is fear about like losing control too. And, and not in a like sexually like predacious way, or I don't know if that's a word or not, but we're going to go with it. Sounds yeah. right. Sounds vague. We know right? what you mean. <laughs> Predatory like, is maybe the word I would have said. But... Right, right, right. Right. But like, like even to like, I'm busy. I don't have time to like fucking fall for someone. I don't have time to be like courting for someone. Like I literally have too many deadlines, you know? And like, you know, I have to eat on a certain schedule. Like, yeah. <laughs> so I think there's that too. Right. Yeah. I'm just thinking like, it's like, it's like really unfair to like, be like oh you're like responsible like like cis men aren't going to be responsible for like the trauma they cause so you have to be right and it's like i mean i don't know like your specific experiences but like well i have to deal with the, the trauma that they cause me yep <laughs> like exactly like, and like my experience like of like manhood or gender or whatever is going to be different than a cis man just because like i wasn't a man for 30 years right. like like I need to like get comfortable. Like, <laughs> right. Like, yeah, it's like I like I like I like can see where that like comes from, but also it, it is like really unfair to like sins of the father you, but like right. just for all men. <laughs> like, well, and it's such a knee-jerk reaction, right? It's like yeah. you're it's like you're not realizing that you're it's like, I feel like when I came out, it was like, someone was like, oh, there's a man suddenly revealing something to me that I couldn't see coming. And I'm like, I'm like, you're equating me coming out and this being this like cool thing. You're equating it with like a fucking surprise, you know? And you're like, it's like a surprise and a like masculine flavor. And so therefore it's like triggering all these sort of like, I mean, cause you know, with trauma, right. It's all yeah. like, fucking wiggly and you're just like who knows where it's you know and it's it's very like stream of consciousness shit so it's like maybe the fact that you feel like you didn't know me that's not a bad thing but you're equating it with like all this like scary shit that like cis dudes yeah to you you know whether it's like sexual or it's just like institutional or you know like all of the different ways that we can be hurt you know what I mean so I'm like I get it but also it's like you're yelling at me to keep my trauma in check while you're being traumatized (laughs) or like, while you're like reliving your trauma. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's like, you know, you know, I don't think it would be unreasonable to be like, you know, like you should be aware of like how you benefit from patriarchy and like what, like how masculinity impacts your relationships and like how you fit into that. But like, you're definitely also not, responsible for like undoing trauma that was caused by other people like you like like yeah like people are like i think what you're saying is like people are like projecting this image onto you that like does not actually fit your own like experiences like one-to-one and like and you're right that that is like part of trauma is like yeah i get like i get like like I said before, I got triggered. I get triggered watching consensual sex scenes sometimes. Right. Like as as if it was like a rape scene. Right. And like, and it's not that. And like, so it's like, it, and I think it is like my responsibility. Like, because I think it would be ridiculous for me to be like, 
well, there should be no sex scenes in a movie. Like, that just makes me like a fucking Puritan. Why <laughs> would me, like, why would I, a trans person, want to be that? Right. And, like, it is my responsibility, like, whoa, like, that, that's weird. Like, yeah. let's take that to therapy. Like, let's figure out, like, what that means. Like, you know, the body keeps the score, and, like, for sure. And, like, and yeah, like maybe like I have to like take myself out of the situation, but like it is like unfair to put all this stuff on you of like, especially like if you are like, you know, trying to be as like self-aware as possible, like that's really, I think it's all that reasonable to ask. And like this sort of like response to things that remind you of other things like is like it sucks that it happened and it sucks that it's our responsibility. Right. But it it is because like fucking you didn't cause my trauma. I don't even know you. We had a great <laughs> conversation for an hour, but like right. it would be absolutely it would it it would be bar- and like you know, I would I would try to give like that person some grace because like I I know how trauma works and yes. that it makes things feel black and white that aren't black and white and yes. like but it's like on us to process that and try to like regulate our emotions and all that stuff so like because like that's not a that's not like a good it's like i don't think it's a good thing to put on other people it's also not a good thing to experience like yourself exactly exactly and and i would say to uh you know for all the things we've talked about and especially thinking about the sex repulsion side of things um I think a big part of it too is that it's just easier. Like, even yes. though, and I am yes. not saying hard, hard agree. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I would say it's not like having to constantly fucking like reassess your boundaries and reassess your desire and reassess like where your sexual interest and like sexual experiences like are and want to be like not saying that's a fucking walk in the park but like I will say avoiding sexual situations is easier and and if it doesn't cause me long-lasting distress I would rather be on that end of the scope and and I would say you know especially too, kind of following up on this like recent conversation is like I'm not going to say every single fucking trans person is super self reflective, but I think that a lot of us are, and I think we're forced to be, you know, to be like, who am I? Uh, Like, and then like looking back and being like, what made sense in my past? Like, where am I now? What do I want to do in the future? Who do I want to be around? Like, there's all these ideas of like, at least for me in the back of my head, thinking about like how to keep myself like safe. Right. Whether it's like, I, I don't know, like, and not necessarily in a, like, physical altercation st- type way, yeah. but just, like, what's going to fucking burn me out and what's not, right? Exactly. And, and so I think that having that constantly running in my brain and then add on the idea of having to navigate sexual situations with people, I'm like, I'd rather just not fuck. Yes, that is exactly <laughs> how I feel. Because, like, yeah, it's just, like, it is such treacherous grounds that it's just like, I'd rather just like not step on the minefield. Right. Like, 
do I maybe have the tools to help me navigate it? Yeah, but like I will also probably blow a few toes off in the process. Yep. <laughs> and yep. I'd rather keep all my toes because it's it is just, you know, like my therapist called me out like maybe a month or two ago because I like mentioned like you know I like identified myself as asexual in a session. She's like, "Are you asexual or just sex repulsive and don't want to deal with it?" And I was like, <laughs> "Well, <laughs> like you caught me." <laughs> Because, like, yeah, like, that is, like, to some extent part of, like, who I am. But, like, I would rather just ignore it. And, like, it is, you know, and maybe someday that will change. But it, it is, like, really hard. And, like, there's just so many layers to it. Like, you know, with just, like, like just, like, you know, all of the expectations and, you know, stereotypes are, like, false, like, uh beliefs about like trans women specifically of like being predators and and then also being like and like the reality of like being prey and like not even being able to walk down the street without like telling me like someone telling me that they want to like suck my girl dick or whatever like right like that is like such a hard and like that's the other thing is like being a trans woman like i often don't get to control and being a, like I know this is true for like women uh as a whole like I don't always like I often don't have control of when I'm sexualized right and like so it's like easier for me if I just like I just shut that down and like you know does that make sense like yes yes no it absolutely like, does. like when when it is like forced upon me like I don't want to like I don't want to go to it ever because it, like right. it's something that happens to me all the time and, like it it's so it can make you feel so disgusting and like yeah. the, and how confusing it is to be treated as both predator and prey right um and then like i just like this is like a little like soapbox of my like just like thinking like you know there's something in here about like expectations um like of like transsexuality and like I think a lot about like quote unquote general preference and like right. you know that also is something that can sometimes intercept with uh trauma and like the thing that I often say or think when like general preference comes up it's like you're assuming a lot to to assume like to assume that I want to use my princess wand Right. um like the same way like a man would use his cock right like, it's like it's it's like different it's like you know and like yeah, like and you know if you are traumatized you have that like association like like sure like you know i th- i think it's people's responsibility to work on it and as someone who's avoiding to work on her own sexual stuff like i can't put that expectation on anybody but like right you know the other thing i would say is like you could have sex with a trans woman and not even see her dick and that would be what she wants right right and like you know that's not it's not going to be the same for everyone but like there's this assumption because that we have xyz is like it's like you know you could use the right pronouns and use the right name or whatever but like when you think of certain genitalia and like just think of like oh this is how it's used in sex like that that's like a form of misgendering that's a form of like forcing this role on me that it's like again like that isn't 
how I want to use this body part of mine where I don't even want you to acknowledge it. Like it's going to be tucked away the whole time, like whatever, like, yeah, it it is. And again, like, like have a conversation about what sexuality means, like means to you and what's comfortable and what's not comfortable. And like, you know, you could be like, I don't want to touch your penis. And the trans woman could be like, yeah, that's fucking great. Sign me the fuck up. Right. Uh, And yeah, because I mean, I was like, it's like hilarious uh, that I'm on Tinder even because like the idea of like <laughs> dating strangers is horrifying. Yeah. But like I also don't know how to make friends in this small town outside of the two I have. <laughs> and like there was just like <sighs> I try not to be like this, but like there's just but ugly man. Mm-hmm. And and just like three times in this profile, I was like, I will not fuck a trans woman. I'm a straight oh, man, God. real woman. I'm, only and oh i was god, like oh damn this fucking like self-conscious faggot like is like yeah. going way too hard <laughs> and like and man i am very happy to not have sex with you and um i just was like you know also it's like man we got we got other things like yeah. and like it's yeah it's just like this idea that penis equals like penetration and like aggression uh it's just like another form of like bioessentialism totally no i absolutely agree and and you know that's god yeah i mean and and i i i have been experiencing something on and it's like similar and, and sort of like going back to the conversation of like the the pelvic floor uh like hypertension and stuff like that is like I prefer to receive anal sex. And it's like, not only is it pleasurable, but it's literally like the only way that I have figured out how to avoid having uh, like massive, massive, like double over pain. Um, And yet uh, the majority of my life that has been, that has been completely off the table because I've either had sex with straight cis men who thought that even though they were, you know, it's like, quote unquote, their buttholes are gay. (laughs) Right. Exactly. It's like, Oh, even though I'm having sex with my heterosexual cis, uh, girlfriend, uh, jokes on them, but it was like, truly, it was like this, like such a, such a homophobic, like it was this, like, I don't want to be gay or like, you know, it's yeah. this idea of it being dirty. And then, yeah, just like trying to date and trying to have sex these last couple years. Um, people are just like, it is just off the table. So it's like either cis lesbians who are like, I have never done that and have no interest in doing that, um, which have been like, I mean, I think I maybe alluded to this earlier, but like cis lesbian seems to be the only people who are even like willing to uh, entertain the idea of having sex with me, um, which has been really, really, really complicated. And it has been in those moments of being like, oh my God, am I super misogynistic because I'm only attracted to like men and, and, you know, like mask of center people. Like, as someone who's identified as queer for so long, I guess I'll have, you know, I'll guess I'll try and go out with these like cis lesbians. Then I'm just the whole time being like, this is 
this is really painful for me. And then I yeah. feel like now it's like, this is even worse. Like the only thing, this is like worse if you go out with someone that you know you're not interested in. Like this yeah. is yes. the pinnacle of like toxic masculinity is just like being bored and going a fucking date with someone you know you don't like, right? So it's like, yeah. oh, by trying to avoid the thing, I actually am, am the thing. I've become the monster, right? Um, but like, so it's been people who are like, I've never done that and I have no desire to do that. Or that's like gross. Um, and then, you know, the very few like cis gay men that I've even talked to are just like so obsessed with what I am now learning. Uh, the, the, the cis gay dudes love to talk about the bonus hole, um, which is so. I just maybe I just saw that in your notes. I or think maybe, so. Yeah. Yeah. yeah because yeah. I've never heard that before. Yes. And that. Oh, talk about like you placing your expectations about my body that don't resonate yes. with my experience of my body. Oh, yes. Yes. And it's just, it's one of those things that's mm. like, it's so off the mark. Like you are assuming that as a trans person, I have nothing but shame about my body and you are not checking in with me at all. And you're just like, and so, yeah, it's like fetishization using a term that is like, if anybody else wanted to use that for themselves, that's fine. But to me, I'm like, to put it on someone else. Yeah. It was, I was like, Oh my God, I'm so horrified. And yet I keep. It like makes me want, I'm not even a bonus hole haver and it just makes me (laughs) nauseous. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's just like, it's like to have to, it like brings all of this like weird shame and anger. And I'm just like, I can still get pregnant. Like, I yeah. have like not only do I have pain, but I have fear around this, right? But yeah. so yeah, especially just, in the current political climate. Exactly, exactly. So yeah, it's just like it's like the curiosity of exploring sexuality while also the horror of exploring sexuality, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think what like you know, you really hit something on the head of like, you know, what makes like it easier for trans people to be like, well, just like, let's just throw out sexuality altogether. It's like, it is really hard to find someone. It can be really hard to find someone who wants to have sex with you or wants to date you. The thing I say often is like, being a trans woman sucks because it means that most people who want to bring their partner home to their parents will not date me. Yeah. And, um, oh no, that really, (laughs) no, no, no. Yeah. And, uh, and it's like real, it, but then there's also the chasers and, and it's like, it's yeah. hard to find someone who wants to engage in sexuality with me in a way that I actually feel comfortable with. And I actually like would want, right. like, cause it's like, you know, the chasers are focused on the part that I would like to largely ignore. And right. it, it, and like that also like explains like the, like the hypersexuality of trans people of like, you know, these are the people who are more likely to be, to want to experience, to want to experience sex the way I want to, or at the very least are amenable, more likely to be amenable to that. But then that, you know, as we already said, creates its own problems as well. Right, right. Yeah. And then add in you know, we don't even have to get in this because I know I've been talking to you for a long time, but (laughs) add in the element of being fucking sober, you know? And that's to me, that's been a big issue is that like, I am 100% T for T. I love all that shit. Um, Mm -hmm. 
and and um i do not need i mean and that's one of the reasons why i was so fucking stoked about like you know getting to talk to you and about this podcast and all of the people that i've been introduced to just as like listening to people talk right is this idea of like sober trans people right because i haven't i haven't really met them you know and like for me too as someone who grew up in california it's like this sounds it's like, I don't talk to people about this, but as someone who grew up in California, especially in like Henry Miller land, Big Sur, like adjacent, lots of fucking hippies around. I have like weed trauma of like people like using it as a way to sort of like get you to come over. Right. It's like, oh, I have, you know, come over, I'll give you weed or like just like weird, uncomfortable situations where you're too fucking high and you're stranded and then like shit happens. Right. So like, I'm like sober, sober. And it's hard for me to be, it's hard for me to like, I don't have sex with people who have been smoking. I don't have sex with people who have had a beer. And that's not saying like, if you use any substances, you're bad. I don't believe that at all. Like, mm-hmm. and I don't think like, Oh, if you, yeah, use I don't any... think you would be on this podcast. No, 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 no. I'm like very, I... California sober. (laughs) Absolutely. And it's like, for me, I'm very like, it's like, I'm very pro substances. If it's something that like, isn't, you don't feel is like harming you or you're using to harm yourself. Right. Or like, even if you are whatever, like do whatever the fuck you want. Harm reduction episode coming out next (laughs) Tuesday. Hell yes. Hell yes. Um, But so like for me and like, it's a lot of it is linked to this idea of like control where it's like, I want to be able to say, Hey, I'm not comfortable with this and know someone's going to hear me. And like also the added element of like the taste of alcohol on somebody's yeah, breath yeah. Or, the ta- or the smell of weed in somebody's hair is very uh, hard for me to like be able to get into a mindset. And so, yeah, it's like, yeah the alcohol breath would turn me off too. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really, it's really tough. So it's like, okay. So, like I said, like add in that layer of like, if you're sober, what's your level of comfort with like sex with other people? Right. And like in the trans world and in the uh, queer world, and especially where I'm at, like in the fucking Milwaukee, Chicago area where it's all, it's like either all you do is socialize is go to breweries or you're going to fucking like heavy duty, like hardcore, you know, like sex parties and stuff like that, which is like, fuck yes. Yeah. I'm happy for the people. Yeah. I'm happy for them. Yeah. I just made a horrible grimace. Right, 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 right. right. And it wasn't even like, it just like unconscious. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And so like, I'm that fucking guy that's like, oh, well, let's like get a coffee and like walk around, but it's like 2 p.m. So I have to get a decaf coffee. And then like, <laughs> now I'm just stuck with a stranger in a park. That's me, but I can't even home. walk around because of my <laughs> disability. Right, right. Yeah. So it's just, just like- Sit in the park. Yep, yep, yep. And it's just like, you know, it's so, yeah. I mean, just like add that, right? The element of like, what are people's long-term goals? What are people's short-term goals? What are people's, you know, like uh, drug use status? What are people's, you know, like uh, feelings on transness? I mean, it's like- Just so many factors. All those things. And then yeah. what are my own feelings? <laughs> yep, exactly. So, you know, it comes back to that idea of like, not only is there an element of, I mean, not an element, an overarching experience of, uh, you know, sex repulsion, but that it's just 
easier, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's like part of like, you know, definitely wrapping up soon, but like, like for me, it's like, it is hard for me to experience like sexuality, like stone cold sober and like, like weed is like the only, is like, maybe not the only, but like makes me much more likely to be able to access that part of my, myself. And it's like, well, that's probably not that healthy. (laughs) And like all, and like, you know, and that, cause like, that is also like a form of avoidance. Right. It's like right. sex brings up these feelings in my body and I am like doing these things like this thing that is like to some extent numbing those feelings in my body. And it's like that's like a cheat code where like it like creates the illusion of the problem being solved, but like mm-hmm. doesn't actually solve the problem. And like can like you know, I, I could get really stoned and do that and be like, oh, like I don't actually feel good about that thing mm-hmm. I did when I was stoned, or like, mm-hmm. um, oh, like w- this is jump- jumping back, but that just reminded me of, um, you know, one thing I wanted to say before I wrap up uh, regarding like hormones and expectations and stuff is, um, one thing that I always heard. This is jumping back like a lot, but like one thing I always heard like before uh, starting estrogen was like as far as like erections go like use it or lose it Mm. um like if if that is something like you want to like continue happening like you have to like like your body like like before taking estrogen is like you know you get like erections during night or maybe like random times during the day and like it is like quote-unquote like flexing that muscle and like keeping it healthy and like that when you're on estrogen that doesn't happen the same way so you have to like make it happen use it or lose it and that's so much pressure exactly and that's what it was was like and like you know i was used to being like my sexual pulsion definitely happened throughout like the the medical transition process so i was used to like my body being a certain way and I didn't want it to be that way anymore, but there was still like that familiarity and that expectation. And like, you know, like I, I did not receive any like external pressure really from my partner at the time, but like, I still like felt that pressure right. like internally to right. like keep things the way they were. And like, you know, so I would like masturbate when I didn't even want to right and like because there was like there's so much pressure and like to think of like how much damage that has done to my relationship to sex like not even just like like having my boundaries like crossed by others but having my boundaries crossed by myself yes because of the expectations of others or more accurately even like my assumption of the expectations of others yes like that is just and then you know now i don't do that shit still works like <laughs> like i you know the muscle gets action like right once like twice a month and like it's fine right right um and yeah i'm sure for some people who have been on um like hrt for four and a half years that that is that hasn't been the case for years right but i have been on it for four and a half years and i got when i want it it does what it, uh, it wants to do 
when I don't want it, it doesn't. And that is actually pretty fucking great. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That is nice. But yeah, I mean, and like, yeah, what you're saying, it's this idea. I mean, not only does it become like myth, sort of like social myth of like, here's these, here's this idea of like, here's a way to master your own body, but really you're just sort of being trapped by this idea. And it's like, people aren't talking about stuff like, here's a spectrum of like, different things that may happen so if this does happen like don't think that you're dying or don't think that there's something wrong and like we can talk about things or like if this is an anxiety thing like we can you know connect you with like mental health or like like or a support group right to talk about like all these different ways to still experience your body or like maybe you're stoked about that potentially happening maybe you're afraid of that right but it's just sort of like everyone gives you the like the most intense ultimate it's like ultimatums it's like i feel like when you transition it's all ultimatums all the time you know what i mean and you're just like whoa this is really fucking extreme and now i'm just fucking anxious and terrified the whole time you know yeah again like there's like these like rigid black and white expectations where it's also like actually really gray and you know like you know knowing you as someone like with sexual trauma it like makes sense that like your body is changing and you like I don't know, some part of your body like just shuts off. Right. Like, you know, that might not be the typical, like the typical reaction to testosterone, but like, you know, knowing like a very big outline of your history, it's like, yeah, that kind of makes sense. Right. Um, Yeah. And to to just put it in this black and white of like, you know, I think it's fair to like give some expectation of like, this is what happens to most people. But like when you're like, this is the experience, like use it or lose it, or you're going to be a horny monster. Right. Like, it's it's when you're not that, it's like really confusing. Right. And yeah, so it's like, all right, here's something that might happen, but if it doesn't happen, that's also it's it's also normal. Like it's not unhealthy. It's just atypical, and atypical doesn't necessarily mean not normal or not healthy or problematic. And you know, just like the just like your like hypo sexuality post testosterone being treated as like this like really scary medical thing is like the weirdest thing to me oh yeah 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 it was it was uh it was a nightmare (laughs) yeah i bet well speaking of nightmares do you want (laughs) to after we've been talking for like a good well like two hours if we include pre-pod right right. uh let's wrap it the fuck up uh on that note of the note of nightmares uh (laughs) As a listener of the show, um, you already know that I end every episode with gratitude. Unless you stop, you press pause before I get to this part. I don't know. But um, so first, I am grateful for you coming on. Like, you know, and I, I've said this before to others, uh, other like strangers who came on. Like, I am like really happy for you coming on, like, and talking about something vulnerable. Like, this is like the next level of that. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. of like like sex is just like tr- the culturally very like uh vulnerable and on some level taboo even in 2022 and like to for you to come on and like have like a really thoughtful vulnerable conversation with me about it is like amazing i am like extremely honored um you know you also 
said that like this is like the best podcast you listen to in a long time, which that's like the most insane thing anyone's ever said to me. Uh, I love it. It's amazing because it's like, well, like you, you know, you made like you know mutual friend recommended the show to you, and you posted about it, and I was like, do I know this person? Because I just like could not imagine someone I don't know like recommending my podcast and like you know like to hear that from a stranger who doesn't have like some sort of like emotional investment in me already like it's like really it's like it's like the biggest comp one of the biggest compliments uh I could receive so I'm really I'm grateful for the compliments and also grateful (laughs) for you coming on and like really being super vulnerable and like expressive and I think that was a really great conversation. Uh, just so, so, so grateful on so many levels. And uh, I also do have more general gratitude. And more general gratitude is that this morning I was talking to a friend and I just was like, oh, like, you know, she's got some stressful stuff going on in her life. And I was just like, I'm just thinking of you. Hope you're hold, holding on okay. And she said to me that, I inspired her to do like art every day with her like five-year-old son. Wow. And I just was like, cause I often do art and I like share about it. And like, you know, I, I drew her and her dog and like, I like gave it to her and like, she was real stoked on it. And like, I was just like, that is like the best thing. <laughs> like you yes. know, just yes. everyone's just saying like the sweetest things to me today. It's like, cause that's the other like really great compliment to give like that, that I like to receive regarding like my creative output is like not even anything about my art or anything it's just like your art makes me want to do art yes and like because it's like it had art has been so healing for me yes and you know talk about like sense of control right but like you know the thing I say about writing is like it's a puzzle where I get to choose what the fucking answer is <laughs> yeah Cause it's like, all right, how do I want to say this? But there isn't like a right way. It is just right. how I want to express it. And like, that's the same with drawing. It's the same with podcasting. And like, if I can do a thing that makes someone want to do something and then pass it on with their child, she's like, yes. I gave, I gave him uh colored pencils and a sketchbook and he has filled that sketchbook. And I was like, that is like the best thing you could tell me that like, yes. I have had an impact on like your relationship with your child who I've not met, like I've met her, but not him. And like that, that like is really profound, but is also like small. It's just like, I don't know. It makes you feel like part of like a larger community and like, and also like this feeling that I've gotten a few times recently of just like, you don't know how you could be impacting someone's life just by like being alive and like being open and like sharing things. It's yes. like real, like you know, and that's like kind of the thing about like recovery groups is like, you know, a lot of them there's no crosstalk, whatever. Uh, but it's like you can get so much from like a such an we like I kind of don't like the indirect structure of it, but it's like you can also get so much from like a conversation that's like in a way one sided. Like it's it's really crazy and also like really magical. <laughs> yes, yes, I think magical is a good good word for it is because it's it's like it's like you look at what is it's the greater you know it's it's like the sum is greater than all its parts right where it's sort of like okay there's day-to-day stuff and there's creative stuff and there's people sharing and being vulnerable but what all of that creates is something 
so wild. And I'm thinking about this as like almost like jungle wild, right? Like just like so vibrant and so unexpected and so much. And it's, it is magical, you know, to think that you don't, it's not just like, oh, there's some good feelings. You're like, holy shit, there's, it's the exponential good that comes from all of this is fucking incredible, you know? Yeah. You know, and it's, it's funny. So as you've been talking about all this, because it's a podcast, people can't see, but I've just been fucking grinning my ass off. Cause I am just, I mean, it's true. Like I, I love, I always stay up for the gratitude uh, stuff Thank at you. the end because I think this is part of it. You know, this is as in part, this is as important as, as everything else and, and talking about hard stuff and funny stuff and complicated stuff. Like, I think the reason we can go on as people and go on as whoever the fuck we are, like, is these, like, I think when I was younger, I used to think of it as like kind of Pollyanna stuff is like, all right, like you're trying to fucking sweeten up a shit sandwich, but it's like, no, this is the things that make sense. And there's a car horn going off. So hold on. Okay. We're good. Um, But like for gratitude, I mean, I, I genuinely am so grateful for you and for the podcast and for being on this. And, and like, I will say, you know, to follow up on saying, you know, telling you, I, I, I think it might've been off mic when I first, you know, shared that this is one of the best podcasts I've yes, heard in a really long time. Mic. So to officially say it, yes. you know, yes. a big, a big re- you know, it's funny because when people are like, Oh, I'm in a band or my friend has a podcast or like, I know someone who makes art, you're like, okay, I want to give this a chance, but I have like low hopes for it just to like manage expectations. Like, um, and I know that sounds probably incredibly dickish, but like, uh, yeah, I, no. I just, you know, it was like a friend going like, oh yeah, yeah, check out this. Like, it's about sobriety. It's about a lot of other stuff and being like, all right, whatever. And just immediately was hooked immediately. And also too, like hearing trans voices talk about everything under the sun and hearing people have fun and hearing you get to laugh and hearing you and all these other people like like the fucking joy that I hear on this podcast has been I'm like getting teary-eyed is like get it, it has been something that has really really helped me that I didn't even really know I needed um and so I think that was a big reason why when you put out a call of like, Hey, if anybody wants to talk about this stuff, I was like, this feels like the safest and most fun environment to talk about this thing that is very difficult to talk about. So I am like very, very grateful for you opening up your space and your time to let me come in and do this. Um, you know, and, and, and the, the other gratitudes that I want to share is like, I'm really grateful for the fucking strangers in the world that like somehow see us and listen and come up with like beautiful connections. Like my life would be so different if people didn't listen and didn't, and didn't tune in. And, and I, I feel so seen, I mean, you know, from being recommended, you know, your podcast to having people reach out and want to collaborate who are these awesome, you know, like animators and people who do zines and just people who want to shoot the shit. I have like people who send me pictures of like really good vanity plates all the time. And I'm like, when I'm having a bad day, like 
and I feel alone and I'm like, wait, some fucking random stranger in like the East Coast sent me a, like a really good vanity plate. <laughs> like, it told me like they almost got in an accident while taking a picture of it. I'm like, I feel really cared for and really seen for the fucking like <laughs> chaotic yeah. mess that I am, you know? And I, so I think like gratitude for you, gratitude for the fucking space that you create. Um, there's so much change in the world that you are helping, whether you know it or not. And grateful for all of the fucking weirdos out there who want to yes, hang me out. Too. And <laughs> like, just like that, they're everywhere. Yeah. Like, you know, you know, that like I've been able to like, you know, take like uh you know, being here and making some new friends, like the the wake where I grew up and growing up like you know I didn't have no friends but like I, I was not a little miss popular and like to know I can like form connection with like people like from the same area but otherwise like don't have like a lot in common with but like still can connect and like and that like everyone's a fucking weirdo in their own way and like yes and like sort of like one of the things about adulthood is like a lot of the differences get like smooth over in a way yes and like you know I was like really nervous about like meeting a new friend I was like, like she seems so normal and I'm like you don't make it to 30 without seeing some shit <laughs> like <laughs> totally so it, it, and and like like the rigid lines of like you know like the like the classic like teen movie scene of like this is the goss and this is the giant like those yes. like everyone like has to go to work together and everyone has to go to church together I guess so that's the thing you do or everyone like like whatever like like those line those like barriers like get like really blurry and you can find connection in the most surprising of places uh like random like friend of friend or whatever the fuck like uh it's really beautiful and like I like oh my god just like your your I just <laughs> do you want to address the, the compliments real quick just like uh really really grateful because like you know like my initial pitch was like I want to do a podcast like based in dialectics like I want to like talk about skills but also talk about like why skills are hard right. I want to talk about heavy shit but I also want to like have room for humor and like your your comments were like so reflective of my goals and it's just like oh my god I'm just doing the thing that I set out to do is like really like I just to have that reassurance is like really by like someone who like you know isn't like my close friend and doesn't want to hurt my feelings or right. anything like that like is really profound and I'm really grateful and I am excited to edit this and I can hear that again um cool do you have anything you would like to promote you don't have to but if you want to honestly no I mean just just my my stress is the only thing I'm really you know working on right now and I feel like I promoted that Oop. for the last two hours so <laughs> that's pretty <Great>. much it <laughs> no worries if you want to send me see I've been trying to like like so I do this call for unhinged emails and I usually am like send me an unhinged email about something related to the topic and I'm like I don't really want your unhinged email about sex you um, can not ask for it or you can you know you can why don't you you can come up with a random like what's something from if the episode you want, 
if you want to send me an unhinged episode about how great I am at doing this podcast, yes. you can send an unhinged email to clownhospitalpod at gmail.com. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram uh, and Twitter for updates. And on Instagram, that is clownhospitalpod. And on Twitter, it's clownhospitalbb. I'm trying to post more. I'm not doing that good of a job at, at it, uh, but I'm trying to. And... You know, it, it's hard doing like a podcast account because like the, the algorithm like knows and like yes. things just get buried. Yes. Uh, so it is it is such an uphill battle because they want you to pay for ad space. But anyway, that's like way beside the point. And, you know, that that's what I got. So as I end every every show or every show since a certain point, uh, this podcast is dedicated to those we've lost. So may we heal in their honor. Peace. Thank you so much. Thank you.